here right, Chicago! Woo! Three titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, deputy editor here at Second City Hockey, and boy, is it. Let, let's just get right to it. You guys already open yours, or uh, she guys go ahead and crack one open too? I don't do beer, I do hard liquor. <laughs> oh, oh, it's International Beer Day. Yeah, well. So? All right, well, hey. Too many, car- too many carbs. Crack, up, crack open your scotch, man. Go right for it. Uh, <laughs> But we, we are in a very celebratory mood here at Second City Hockey because for the first time in three years, the Chicago Blackhawks are in the Stanley Cup playoffs after defeating the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 to two tonight in Game 4 of their series. They won the series 3-1. to one. They're out of the qualifying round. They're into the actual Stanley Cup playoffs, their real-life playoff team, and I'm pretty damn excited, and I'm sure my two line mates are. First up, it's the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. I also now have a 12.5% chance at Alexis Lafreniere. <laughs> well done. Pretty good. Pretty good. Go ahead. It's a, it's a pretty good chance. I mean, it's not bad. It could, be, it, could, it could be better, but like for finishing fifth in the Western Conference, it's not bad. I I still – it's going to be Pittsburgh or Edmonton. I feel like one of the five seeds is going to get it just because it's like uh, – Dan and Shields is going to rig it for one of them too. Is like, sorry, sorry we expanded the playoffs and you didn't make it. But yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, also with us tonight, I think he also had five shots on goal against Corey Crawford this evening. It is Brandon Kane. Maybe six. I don't know. Maybe six. Everybody got a shots on goal on Corey Crawford tonight, but he stopped the ball because he's Corey Crawford. Well, he's well, not all of them. 43 of 45. 43. Sorry. Only 956 on the save percentage this evening. Is that good? Is that a high score? Did I break it? Yeah. So, as I said earlier, the Blackhawks are officially into the Stanley Cup playoffs, having beaten the fifth-seeded Edmonton Oilers, ending their season. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to Edmonton a little bit later, but right now I just want to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks because, you know, it, it's been a while. Somebody mentioned – I think Pat Foley said this at the end of the broadcast. The last series they won was a 2015 Stanley Cup final, which didn't really – wasn't a thought that had crossed my mind lately. Um, they haven't been in the actual Stanley Cup playoffs since 2017, so it's been a while. Uh, but Brandon Shepard, either one of you guys, just just what's your initial thoughts after the Blackhawks uh, finished off Edmonton tonight and moved on to the next round? I mean, it's it, it, it's hard to have to not have an ecstatic feeling. Uh, the playoffs yes. have been what the Blackhawks have sort of have aimed for since 2017. Um, and to see the Brinkat and Kubalik and Doc and Boquist all get playoff experience is necessary. But are the Blackhawks screwed in the next round, regardless of who wins tomorrow or you on Saturday? Don't, don't even finish that sentence, because I don't give a damn right now. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what the, the next round might suck. I, I don't even give it. We're going to enjoy this. It's going to be probably, what, four, five, six days till their next game. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this, because – I think we we all kind of agreed that there was a there was a chance here. Like the Blackhawks, even though they were the 12 seed, Edmonton was the five seed. When we like started looking at all the numbers and all the stats and everything from the season, like this wasn't an entirely unwinnable series for the Blackhawks, and it proved to be that way because I cannot believe that that Edmonton team is that bad. 
with two yeah. players who are so good. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are in – like McDavid's probably the best player in the world. Dreisaitl's probably in the top five or ten. Top four, the, I'd say. Yeah. And and you can't beat the Blackhawks? <laughs> like, we know the Blackhawks aren't really that great this season, but they have more depth. I, it's just – it baffles the mind that a team that is that much talent at the top of its roster can't do anything anywhere else on its roster. It's just unbelievable to me. Brandon, what about you? What are your thoughts from everything? So my initial reaction is I think I've forgotten what positive Blackhawks Twitter is like. <laughs> and I experienced this tonight. And it, it was weird because, you know, there's certain, you know, accounts in Blackhawks Twitter where you're like, oh, well, something slightly bad happens. They're going to want to, like, you know, destroy this player. And it was – all positive, like no one gave a rip that the Blackhawks don't have a chance at a top 10 pick anymore. Everyone was just like, oh, they won. So it was really nice to see because I feel like given everything that's going on with the pandemic, it's nice to have something positive in life to look at. It is. Like, it, yes, it is this is wonderful. bringing me joy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say that's, that's a big thing. Like I hope people are allowing themselves to enjoy this because – as you said, Brandon, it's a very weird time. It's been a very weird year, and I, I don't imagine any Oiler fans listening to this podcast because they're probably busy trying to forget that hockey exists at the moment. So uh, I assume we have all Blackhawks fans here. Like, enjoy this shit. Like, crack open a beer. Go out and have fun this week. And, like, it's it's a relief to have something to get so wrapped up in that really doesn't mean anything. But I think going the four and a half months without hockey – like, I feel like I have a little bit more better perspective on sports now. So I'm trying to not get so infuriated when things go wrong and when things are good like they are right now. Like, yeah, have fun. Laugh a little bit. Like, it's been fun to see the conversation as soon as the game ended to go. Like, yeah, they may not – you know, they're going to be the eight seed against the one seed, but why not? You know, who gives a shit? Let, let, let's dream a little bit for at least a few nights. Reality will kick in next week and we'll get all terrified, but – for the moment, I'm going to pretend that everything's great. Right. And it was, didn't, didn't the 2012 LA Kings start out the ace as the eight seed too? That they did. I mean, I mean, it's been done by well, and the, the Hawks, Blackhawks' chief rival. The Hawks got swept as the one seed in 2017. Yeah. So. So. Who knows? Yeah. But it was for me like watching the game. It was really nice to see the veteran players just be like, "No, like we're not losing this game." Yeah. And those three guys were Crawford, Taves, and Duncan Keith. Yep. Yes. He, yeah. Duncan Keith was quiet the first two periods, and then he was just like, nope, we're not losing. And that first, like, I think, like, six, seven minutes of the third period, it was like a Duncan Keith highlight reel. Yeah. I don't, think he and, I don't think he and Connor Murphy left the ice in the last six minutes. Yeah. It was – there was a chance on the – like a breakaway chance on the penalty kill, and he just like absolutely just owned it, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, that's I remember that Duncan Keith, and like there's been moments like the past few years of that, but like in such a big high pressure situation for him to do that, and then you could just see like the team was like, no, like we can defend, we can do this mm-hmm. at least for this like little bit of time we could actually be a team that knows how to defend. 
Yeah, I can't exactly. It's hard to tell on. They don't really have timestamps on the player shift chart at Natural Stat Trick, but Connor Murphy and Doug and Keith were on the ice for the entire two minutes that the Blackhawks were on the power play at the end of the game. So their yeah. last shift was about it was like two ten altogether, and they had. It looks like in the last quarter of that period, they had at least they probably skated at least half of it. For the final six minutes of the game, it was pretty much uh, Keith and Murphy or Dahan and Cuckoo. Ole Mata got one shift, and Adam Boquist did not. So, yes. So, and and that, that Keith Murphy pairing, it's oh, we'll we'll talk about that later. I have a thought about that Keith Murphy pairing about you know if it's good there, why isn't it good everywhere else? But we'll we'll talk about that next week. We're having too much fun right now. Corey Crawford thing, I know I've railed about it. I'm sure you guys have too criminally underrated criminally underappreciated i don't know what else he has to do to get the respect he deserves like he withstood a massive flurry of chances for almost the entire second period in the first half of the third period and then actually they kind of calmed things down at the end especially because edmonton took that stupid penalty but i don't understand what else he has to prove he needs to win a consummate and then he'll be well he should have won 2013 but they gave it to kane instead should have also won it in 2015, but they give it to Keith instead. Yeah. Maybe. Hey, who knows? Maybe. Maybe he he finally should have should have won should have won it in 2020, and he actually does. <laughs> if the Blackhawks win the cup this year, Corey Crawford will be the consummate winner. I have I'm comfortable putting those two statements together. I don't know if they get there. It was also interesting just seeing a vintage Jonathan Taze performance, going back to what Brandon was talking about, seeing some of the older Blackhawks step up in an elimination game. The way he just completely – Swatted away, away yeah. from the bear. It was just like, just no, no. <laughs> he, he wrestled a bear. He won the puck. He got it to Kubelik, and he scored. Also, I mean – Something right, the Lions can't do. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right now? Right now? Come yeah. on now. Yeah. Well, we're just got to warm up for football season next month. Um, well, I'm not paying attention to football this year. Oh, you may not have to worry about that. We'll, we'll see. But it was it, – it's just it's, – it, it's just another reminder of that, that, like, the championship pedigree that still exists on this team. Again, it's it's very much the minority these days. Like, a lot of the guys – the majority of the guys on the team, this is their first go-round in any type of playoff series. And then next week you get the actual playoff series. And – um, but it was nice to see some of the veterans step up. And the one thing we'll, I think we'll get into this more next week uh, when we start previewing the Hawks against whoever it is that they're going to play in the next round, Patrick Kane really didn't do all that much this series, did he? No. And Pat, playoff Patrick Kane has not appeared, and that's like an amazing thing that the Blackhawks won this series without playoff Patrick Kane. Yeah, I don't think he had any points tonight, so he finishes the series. You know, he had four points in four games, which isn't bad, but – I don't know, it, just, it felt like like the big moments, Kane was never really there for any of them. So uh, I'm sure he will be heard from in the next round, I imagine, at some point, regardless of who the Blackhawks play. But like some of the other subplots that we were watching in the series, um, and I, it's specifically the young guys, and I think we have to start with Kirby Doc, who had a few highlights tonight where he just you can see the next steps in his progression emerging. You can also see where he needs to improve in terms of getting a golden opportunity and looking to pass instead of taking the shot. But I guess, what did you guys think about Derby cock? What did you guys think Derby about cock? <laughs> Man, I, I, <laughs> we can make a t-shirt about that, Dave. Oh my God. <laughs> make him like a horse, uh, a racehorse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it also, it also sounds like one of the most like British names ever. 
Derby cock. I have I have no words. Derby for that. cock FC. <laughs> Did they get promoted this year? I don't know. No, they got relegated. Oh, all right. No, they just got promoted to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Kirby Doc. What I was trying to say. I was going to edit this all out, but it's too good now. Uh, Kirby Doc looks looks good. What'd you guys think? Boy, is snake bit boy. as hell. <laughs> that is true. He absolutely should have had a goal. I mean, we, we were just talking about Patrick Kane, maybe not having the best series of his life, but he did set up Kirby Doc on the doorstep. That was Chris right Russell. Now. Chris Russell uh, used his stick and broke that up. Oh, really? It looked yeah, like, like it looked like right Doc by just the pipe. Fanned off. Yeah, it, it looked like Doc had like all the net to shoot at, and they just didn't. Yeah, no, he just like barely touched it, and it skewed the direction of it. Right. Well, Chris Russell was underrated in this series. Yeah, talk about a guy who just came out of, like, nowhere. I mean, when you think of Edmonton, you think of three players, but and they're all forwards. I, th- I think of five players, including two two defensemen, who didn't really show up in this series. But How about Oscar Clefbaum and Darnell Nurse? Yeah, well, you- Darnell Nurse did have a good uh, What the Fuzzy Snack uh, commentary. <laughs> Fuzzy snack, good one, good one. I one of the most surprising parts of the series for me was that it was very surprising to see how good Slater Cuckoo was. I, I yes. still remain unconvinced on Olimata, but Slater Cuckoo looks like a. I, I wrote this in the recap. Slater Cuckoo looks like the perfect guy to have on your third pairing. Won't kill you, won't dazzle you, but he'll be there. He'll eat up a good twelve to fifteen minutes every night. And you can pay him like about one, one and a half million. He won't ruin your salary cap. He'll be, he's the perfect like depth player. Right. He's what Nick Letty used to be. I don't know if I give him quite the offensive abilities that Nick Letty had, but I, 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 I'm in, I think he's in the ballpark of what you're talking about there. Another guy who impressed is uh, Matt Highmore. Like, yes. I, for, for the longest time, I just assumed he was holding a spot until somebody that was going to be an actual NHL fourth liner was going to replace him in the lineup, but scored a few goals, like was noticeable on four checks and playing defense with the comp line that was so responsible defensively. Didn't look out of place. Was very, very much encouraged by that. Trying to think of any other players who were. His stand-up goalie save in the middle of the offensive zone. Yeah. Again, that goes with the, the, the defensively responsible aspect of his game that he showed off that. I guess maybe just hadn't noticed before, but he was definitely there. Uh, the penalty kill, Shepard. I know you wanted to talk about the penalty kill. Over five, Edmonton was in game four, including that massive stretch in the middle of the second period after DeBrinket's stupid major penalty. And the Hawks killed that whole thing off. I know Darnell Nurse took a stupid penalty in the middle of it, but that seemed like that was one of the big turning points in the game. And just Shepard, what, what did you see out of the penalty kill? It was, it was, I mean, it was obviously their best night of the series. Um, but, like, the Blackhawks penalty kill, like, every member of the penalty kill unit is underrated. Ryan Carpenter, David Kampf. I don't think David Kampf allowed a goal in this series, um, which is saying something. I might be wrong about that. He had, like, last time I checked, which was game three, he hadn't allowed a goal. Keep talking. I'll uh, look it up. Um, but, like, he – like, those – those guys, and, like, there's there's a good number of them, and, and there had to be. Because, again, the five-minute major, and as a Vegas Golden Knights writer, I've got mem- I've got nightmares about five-minute majors. Um, 
<laughs> I forgot all about that's actually the that whole sequence was the result of uh, or produced one of the best tweets I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah, because the day after that was the like a eight or nine year anniversary of the Blackhawks killing off the five minute major with Marion Hosa in two thousand nine yeah. or two thousand ten. Excuse me. But sorry, but man, oh, Shepard. Man, oh man, like everybody on that penalty kill unit, like should have been first start of the night tonight, um, including Corey Crawford, because like they just stood on their heads collectively. And, like, yeah, the Oilers got shots and chances, but they did everything they possibly could to not allow anything, and they didn't. There was no penalty kill goal against them, even though they had, like, dozen, like, at least a like, probably at least a dozen minutes. David Kampf was on the ice for two goals against in this series. Oh, man. Stafford had 10 saves on the PK. That's better than I thought they did, which is saying something. Yeah, because I think when we looked at goalie stats coming into the series, one of the biggest things that stood out for Edmonton was that Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen had uh, – Smith with the number one save percentage while shorthanded in the NHL. I think Koskinen was like somewhere in the 7 to 10 range. Crawford was down to like 40 among qualified goalies. So it really seemed like Edmonton had the advantage not only with its incredible power play, but also on the penalty kill because of how good its goalies had been in the regular season. But – one game pretty much turned that because of how good the Blackhawks power play was in game one. And then I think Brandon or Shepard, one of you guys said in our last podcast that if Blackhawks penalty kill stepped up, that this series was over and here we are. I said that in the very first podcast of the series. Oh, well, sorry. Didn't mean to misspoke. <laughs> All good. All good. I'll, I'll take credit for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take, yeah. Pat, pat yourself on like, the back while you're, the Oilers just like their power play was too good, and then they just defeated them. And I, I think we got a good indication of how the Oilers, how they were successful this season, and it was so heavily reliant on that power play. And this is like conventional hockey wisdom that it's better to have a strong penalty kill than a better power play because sometimes you get into the postseason and your power play can just go cold at the wrong time. And if your team relies so heavily on its power play to generate not only goals, but just to generate like enthusiasm, momentum, and all that stuff, you see what happens. You lose to a 12 seed as a five seed. Yeah. And going and back to your, your cuckoo thing, Dave, mm-hmm. there was a two-on-one with Athanasio and Dreisaitl before oh, right. Todd's goal. And I feel like the game would be wildly different if the Oilers go up 2-0. Yeah. And the way that he blocked that shot where it was kind of – he slid on his right knee and, like, did this weird, like, triangle thing with his legs instead of, like, just laying out fully on it. I feel like that confused Athanasio, and he didn't know what the hell he was looking at. Yeah, well, it's, it's probably – like, what the fuck is he doing? I'm glad that one that had – it was Athanasio and Dreisaitl on the two-on-one, and I'm glad that it was Athanasio that had the puck and not Dreisaitl. Because yeah. Drysaddle led the NHL in assists this season, so I feel like there was a much higher probability of that pass getting through if the puck was on the stick of twenty nine and not twenty eight. But well, Drysaddle was like really pass heavy in this game, which was very strange to me. Yeah, yeah. Like it's an elimination game. Like you are talented, like more so than most people on this ice. Just shoot it. Yeah, there there was one where he tried to shoot after a rebound, and I remember. Uh, I think Edzo actually pointed out, like, why did he do that? Why, why are you passing right there when you have such a golden scoring opportunity? But 
I'm I'm gonna have a hard time questioning Drysdale because of what all he did in the regular season. I'm still just, I still cannot get over the after watching the like that's the most I've watched the Oilers consistently since they've had those two on the roster, McDavid and Drysdale. That it's they're so good. Connor McDavid is unfathomably good at hockey. It's it's unfair how good he is. He's a cheat code. Drysdale's not as good, but in the ballpark. How do they not win everything? How? Uh, because because Connor McDavid's not great defensively, and neither is Leon Draisaitl. And neither are their actual defensemen. <laughs> Most of them, yeah. I mean, some of them are young. Some of them are some of them are just straight up young, like Caleb yeah, Jones I mean, and Ethan Bear. But yeah, Ethan Bear definitely has there. There's something there. Uh, Darnell Nurse. I'm actually. I thought. I thought. Yeah, I, thought I thought he was better of him. Yeah, I I thought much higher of him until I watched him for four straight games and. Not not convinced anymore. And they also have Evan Bouchard coming up too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that he was he taking the draft with Boquist, <clears throat> the pick after him. Yeah, because I think I think Evan Bouchard is a, the guy I was kind of hoping the Blackhawks were going to grab in that draft. I mean, he's a big beefy boy. Yeah, like and, Noah Dobson, who was taken by the Islanders at ten. I think like through this series, the thing that I noticed the most was offensively the defensemen were taking so many point shots and it was working guys were yeah they were working and guys were actually at the front of the net trying to cause deflections and there are a couple goals that that's how they got them were off of deflections. so it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward if they continue to use that strategy yeah it was it was interesting to see the Blackhawks defenseman so much more involved in the offensive end during this series. And not the defenseman you would expect. No, right, Ole yeah. Mata having three points is not something you'd expect in a four-game series. If Ole Mata finished the regular season with three points, I'd say I, I would have like, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I know he had more than that, but no, no one's putting him in any sort of offensive defenseman category or competition. So, no. um and and the Murphy Dahan pairing as a, as a shutdown pairing, I I I mean, I won't say it worked. They did win the series, so it's hard to argue too much against it. But going forward, I'm still not convinced about that. But again, that's a negative thing, and or more on the negative side of things. So we can talk about that more later. Uh, Connor Murphy rules. Yes. So can yeah. we talk? Let, let's talk about Connor Murphy a little bit. Uh, gets his first playoff exposure ever, and I thought he. Uh, afforded himself quite well with the way he played. Two critical primary assists, too. Yeah. There's there's a lot to like about a lot of things that happen. Um, as, as far as guys that I guess to keep an eye on in the next round and hope they show up a little bit more, uh, Patrick Kane won, obviously. Mm-hmm. Alex it again. I, I like the fact that he was still involved like in game two. He had those two really nifty assists on uh, goals by, I think Kane had one and Doc or someone else had the other. So it was nice to see him involved in ways when he wasn't scoring goals and he didn't score at any point in this series. So hopefully the next series he figures it out. Also, hopefully the next series he doesn't take any really, really stupid, pointless, and dangerous five-minute major penalties like he did in this game. By the way, how was his play on Ethan Bear a five-minute major, but Kyler Yamamoto's play on Connor Murphy wasn't? I would have to see the two hits right next to each other because I remember something about the brink. I think that it was the distance that Ethan Bear was from the glass when 
Debrinket made contact. I think that's part of the egregiousness of it. And how the, it was kind of late and the puck was already gone. So I think that added into it as well. I def, I, I, I have to, I have to re-see the, the Yamamoto hit, but seeing the Debrinket hit when they showed the replay of it, it was like, oh, that's absolutely a five minute major. Like that's the definition of what they would have in the NHL player safety video of this is a five minute boarding penalty. I guess on a, I don't know if we want to put it like on a scale of one to 10, but are you, are either one of you guys surprised that it ended in four games? On a scale of one to 10? Like, yeah, I guess, I guess what at the result, I, I, well, here, let me, let me ask it this way. Are either one of you guys surprised that the Hawks won this series in four games? I'm more surprised about the four games than I am about the Blackhawks winning this series. Brandon, what about you? It makes sense to me that they won in four. So I thought it was going four either way. I, th- I, I th- think this was going five. I thought it was going to be Hawks in five. I just assumed McDavid and Drysaddle were going to be good for at least two wins in this series. So Yeah, yeah. But I'm also yeah. – like, I don't know how much of an impact – uh, Tyler Ness's absence from Game Four mattered. For also, that's a, yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess if you're looking at so looking for some of their depth scoring, Tyler Ennis could provide it. He was their big uh, pickup at the trade deadline. So their big pickup from the Ottawa Senators, <laughs> <laughs> and a big pickup, and he's like what five six, five seven. He's he's not a big guy. I want him and Alex Dabrinkit to stand next to each other. See who's taller. Who gets to ride the rides at Great America? Actually, we should just have uh, those two and Sam Gerrard in a uh, three-way Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> take all. Debrinka and Gerrard to go after it. I'm I'm sure if, if if the Hawks and Avs get in matched up in the next round, there will be a Debrinka Sam Gerrard fight. I will wager heavy sums on that because those two clearly hate each other. I, I'm fairly confident it is more Debrinka hate than Gerrard hate. Yeah, Debrinka's he's. He's got some chippiness to him. I, I think that's uh, and for like obviously that's usually not a starting point of the conversation when a guy's only five six. But Debrinket definitely is a uh, get a little grumpy on the ice a little bit. Andrew Shaw wore off a little bit on him. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. It's Andrew Shaw. Oh, he was he was like this before he. There was a, a World Juniors appearance where he just decked a guy. So. Yeah, but I always remember Andrew Shaw trying to fight Zdeno Chara, which is not a fair fight. But it is hilarious. Very, it's hilarious mental image. I want to see Tim Soderlund fight Zidane Ochara. Tim Soderlund's like 5'4". He'll never play in the NHL. Send me the tweet when it does. Um, so, it, it was very, I saw somebody call it Black Friday for the NHL playoffs today because the qualifying round games, there were six of them today. They were all game fours, which means six teams could have had their seasons ended today. And five already have. So the Blackhawks knocked off the Oilers, a 5 and a 12 seed. Same thing happened in the Eastern Conference with the Penguins losing to the Canadians, the Canadians being the 12 seed. Uh, the National Predators will have another banner to hang because they lost in the qualifying round series this year, losing to the uh, Arizona Coyotes today, the Coyotes being the 11 seed. Uh, the Hurricanes and Rangers series ended on Tuesday. Carolina swept them. And then the other series that ended today – Old friend Joel Quenville and his Florida Panthers are going home after losing to the number seven seed New York Islanders. And at the end of tonight, 
whenever this Toronto, I think they're waiting for the Toronto Columbus game to finish because they're in overtime as I'm talking now. And the Wild and the Canucks are playing game four of their series. Vancouver is up two to one on Minnesota. So the Minnesota Wild could have their season end. That would be quite interesting if all six series end tonight. And then the schedule, I the, for the next round, I believe it's supposed to start sometime in the middle of next week, right, Brandon? I always go to Brandon. Uh, I am not sure. There, I, there's I, no game scheduled for Monday, so it could just start Monday. Yeah, well, no, my guess is there'll be a couple of days off. But, yeah, the, the round-robin games take place Saturday and Sunday. If you're listening to this Saturday morning, the game you want to watch – is the Vegas Golden Knights against the Colorado Avalanche because the winner of that game clinches the number one seed and they will face the Blackhawks in the first round next week. But, gentlemen, I just really quickly want to get your reactions to all the other NHL series. And obviously the Canadians beating the Penguins is a big surprise, but were there any other standout moments from any of these games for you guys? Toronto coming back with, like, less than five minutes left. Yeah, yeah, Toronto – I like they were already, like, reading the obituary from what I understand on the broadcast. and. Uh, like Milbury was already ranting about whatever Kyle Dubas, he thought Kyle Dubas was doing wrong, Dubas, whatever his name is. And now they're in overtime. So that that's, I, I forgot to mention that series. Columbus is up two to one in that series. So if Edmonton, or excuse me, if Toronto doesn't get this game winning goal, they will be going home as well. But that game is being played again, as we're recording right here after the Blackhawks game. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Any standout moments from the other uh, five series that have ended so far? Leighton Keller and Christian Fisher can play for Arizona. Mm-hmm. I didn't – I expected them to, like, contribute, but not as much as they did. And holy hell, Darcy Kemper. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, I mean, that, if he – The communication he does with his defensemen is outstanding because the first, like, two periods today, it was basically him just, like, dictating where they were supposed to be lined up at to push all of the chances to the outside. And then it kind of deteriorated as the game went on, but like they don't do anything without him. Um, and Vinny Henestrosa was scratched early in the series. And then he was like the guy in game four to help them clinch. And Nick Schmaltz still hadn't played. So they'll be getting a boost with to the lineup when Schmaltz is, I'm guessing they hopefully think returns, back for the yeah. next round. Yeah. And uh, Darcy Kemper, if he had stayed healthy this season, is like the only contender against Connor Helly Bucks. That's not win. Yeah, because I th- I thought Antti Ranta was going to be the guy out in Arizona when he went out there, and but Kemper kind of took that job over last season. I which I don't know if Ranta was hurt last season or what, what the deal was there. I can't remember, but uh, they kind of a platoon situation this season, but. Kempfer's numbers, like, across the board are just a smidge better than Ronta. Not, not that Ronta was bad by any means, but Kempfer would just – and as he's proved in the first round of the uh, qualifying round, that he was worthy of that starting role. Yeah, and Matthew like Barzal the, is just super fast. Yes. Yeah, him and Anthony Bovillier are, like, a combo to watch out for. Um, I'm looking forward to watching more of the Carolina Hurricanes uh, because that – watching Sveshnikov and – Table, of course, and Sebastian Ajo, and they're all their defensemen, uh, just an embarrassment of riches on their blue line. They're a ton Not of fun even to watch. Playing Dougie Hamilton because he's out. Yeah, like, Brett, yeah, him and Brett Pesci, like two of their best, of, probably best three defensemen are all are out. 
Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'll take a Hayden flurry just as a <laughs> random extra. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I don't think I've done enough laughing at the national predators. So I will make sure I get that in this weekend. Cause that's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe they can keep, uh, keep the red out of their empty stadium. Who knows? Um, uh, Calgary beating the jets. Uh, I, I feel like Winnipeg at the start of the season was like slated for the basement. The fact that they got to the nine seed was kind of impressive, but it looks like they just kind of whatever fumes are running on to get them to this point. I guess the jets ran out of fuel. Beat you to it, Brandon. Suck it. <laughs> Sorry. That was really bad. burned me on that one. <laughs> I knew you, I knew you'd recover. Um, but any final thoughts, gentlemen? Enjoy it. Bask in it. That that's It'll be a few days. Just, that's what I was gonna say. Just enjoy it. Take me. Yeah, take. It's gonna be like really hot as hell in the Chicago area on Sunday. So Saturday, you, you know, have a drink. You know, have, have, cook out a little bit. Maybe grill out. Have some food. Celebrate. You know, I know you got a social distance. So maybe do like a virtual hangout with some other Hawks fans. Uh, Shepard, what about you? Any thoughts? Watch Vegas, Colorado. Yeah. I. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I like I want to watch because it'll be a good game, but I also don't want to watch because I don't want to be scared because uh, that that's going to be a tough out next the next round. But we'll if, worry if about that. Can, if they can handle Connor Murphy, Connor McDavid, sorry, and Leon Draisaitl, they can handle Nathan McKinnon. Oof, well, I don't. Did they handle him though? That's the thing is McKinnon's got help. McDavid didn't. That's what concerns me. So. That'll do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Thank you so much for listening. For Shepard, for Brandon, I'm your host, Dave Melton. We're going to have more podcasts. We're going to talk about hockey. It's going to be Stanley Cup playoff hockey. I can't wait. Come on back on, listen to it. Stay safe, wear a mask, and go Hawks. Dot, 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 dot.